Hi, this is Danielle from The Jealous Curator, and after almost a year-long hiatus, Art for Your Ear is back. To those of you who used to listen, thank you so much for showing up, and to new listeners, welcome to the podcast. Okay, let's jump right in. I have decided to shake things up a bit for season four. I've already done 151 artist interview episodes, which are archived, and you can listen to them again and again whenever you like. But after taking this break, I think a slightly new format will actually be really fun. Here's the plan. I have reached out to nine fabulous people and invited them to be my co-hosts, sort of. Basically, they're a group of smart, funny, talented, experienced, and generous souls who will share their perspective and stories on their areas of expertise. All of them are artists, but they're also teachers, professional illustrators, parents, and entrepreneurs. We've got segments like WWALD, What Would Ashley Longshore Do?, Samantha Fields Gets Schooled, Lessons from Students, and of course, Shit Terry Says, Random Stories Told by Terrence Payne. (laughs) See, this is going to be good. Anywho, each hour to hour and a half long episode, see, I know you'll like that, you always tell me, make them longer, will start with me talking about something that's either been exciting or bothering me things I've noticed floating around on the interweb, or stuff I've heard of that I think is worth sharing with you guys. That will be followed by a conversation with one of the magnificent nine, that's what I'm calling them. And finally, each episode will wrap up with me giving you a creative challenge assignment for the week. No pressure, of course, but if you feel like you need a jumpstart, I'll be providing projects every weekend. Oh, and speaking of fresh starts, I recently put out a call for new podcast sponsors. The first group, who raise their hand immediately, are the amazing women at Thrive. This is exactly what I was hoping for, a sponsor that gets what I do and is totally relevant to my artsy listeners. So here's the thing. Being an artist is a super important thing, but let's be honest, it can get really lonely. I often talk about finding your tribe, even if that's a handful of people on the other side of the world. Well, I can honestly say I found my tribe a few years ago when I joined Thrive's Mastermind program. Here's the gist. Thrive supports female, genderqueer, and gender non-binary visual artists from around the world by providing the community and accountability necessary to help them achieve their personal and professional goals. They do this through their membership in the Thrive Mastermind program. Members sign up for a year and meet monthly online with a group of about 10 artists to talk about artwork, business goals, struggles, and victories. We bounce ideas around all about... um, All sorts of things from getting our work out there, making art that's meaningful, and most important part, especially to me, (laughs) was being held accountable. Yet when you throw out goals and ideas one month, you're much more likely to get them underway before your next meeting. Trust me. This program is for artists from all around the world at all stages of their career. Thrive has been connecting artists together since 2015, and they now have a community of over 300 members. So what are you waiting for? Make art, meet your people, and do the work. You can learn more at thriveartstudio.com, and you can follow them on Instagram at thriveartstudio. So, for this week's installment of Danielle Gets Deep, I don't think we'll call it that, but you get the gist, I want to talk about the junk. Yes, okay, I know we've all got Instagram feeds filled with images of people's success stories and beautiful after shots, which is great. Those things should be celebrated. But crappy days are also a reality. Don't be fooled. Even those people who seem to have it totally made have rough days too. I've had a year of pretty big ups and downs, and I'm sure all of you have too. And I'll admit there were quite a few days spent on the couch watching Dr. Phil, eating chips, and having zero motivation to do anything at all. But, but, is the key word, There are things I knew I really, really wanted to do, and I wasn't going to get them by sitting on the couch. So I got up and I pushed forward on a few of the projects, not all of the projects in my head, but a few of the big ones that really mattered to me. If I tried to jump on all of the ideas in there, I would fail for sure. There's just too much stuff to get done. So I decided to concentrate on three things. I could handle three things. Ready? Here they are. The first one is a biggie. I've dreamed of writing and illustrating a kid's book since I was about seven, and it's been a back burner project for years. Why? I don't know. I 
think I believed a lot of the people around me for a really long time who talked about how hard it is to break into kids' books, it's competitive, I'm not an illustrator, I'm not known as a children's author. All of that's true. But until I wrote Creative Block in 2013, I wasn't known as an author at all. So, during the great winter of ups and downs, I decided to just write it, instead of waiting for some magical book deal to arrive that might not ever come. I had to get this book out of me. Like a painting that you just have to paint whether it's going to go to a gallery or not, you know? Yeah, you guys know. Anyway, that's what I did. I woke up every morning and treated it like a job. Granted, a job that I did in my pajamas, but whatever. I researched best practices for writing children's books. I experimented with illustration styles. Some got ripped up with thoughts of, oh my God, who do I think I am? I can't actually illustrate a kid's book. But other ones made my heart race and had me thinking, oh yeah, baby, I'm an illustrator. (laughs) I wrote and rewrote that story zillions of times, and it was easily the most fun I've had in ages. Yes, even more fun than eating chips while Dr. Phil makes today a changing day in your life. I showed this secret little obsession to my agent, Kate Woodrow. Kate used to be my editor at Chronicle, but now she has her own literary agency, which is just the coolest thing ever. Anyway, Kate loved it and said we should pitch it. We did. And after a bunch of phone calls, emails, and a lot of nail-biting, I got my Instagram celebration moment when Prestel Publishing in New York, they're part of Penguin Random House, bought the book. Yes, my name is Danielle, and I am a children's author. I was going to make a thud sound, because that's the mic dropping. Here, we'll do this. Mic drop. (laughs) Anyway, so after a lot of self-doubt and hard work that ended up a success story... Sorry, Phil, but watching you all day ain't going to make a changing day in my life. The second project on my list was my first solo art show. It was scheduled for June 1st, 2019 at Mayberry Fine Art. And as of February 2019, I hadn't done anything. Honestly, I felt like a deer in headlights. 20 new pieces in a beautiful, open, white-walled gallery. Seriously, I had no idea where to start. That said... I did what I tell all of you guys to do. Reach out to your tribe, even if that tribe is only one or two people. I knew what I wanted this show to be, but I couldn't see the forest for the trees. Ideas were swirling through my head, but I couldn't pin any of them down. That's where Penny Lane Shen came in. Penny Lane is an art consultant, and now a good friend of mine. She also happens to be one of the Magnificent Nine, by the way. Anyway, she talked me through a few freakouts, everything from subject matter to materials, and I managed to pull it together, make all of the work, and get it shipped across the country to Toronto in time for the opening. Okay, that right there is a huge success, right? Right. But apparently, that was not enough for me. I wanted the show to sell out at the opening. (laughs) It did not. I sold five of the pieces, not 20, And this is really embarrassing to admit, but my ego was bruised and I was really, really sad. I'd worked so hard and I loved the work so much. Why didn't collectors line up to buy all of it the second it got hung on a wall? Who knows? (laughs) What I do know now, after a few months of perspective, is that I loved making every single piece in that show. And all of those hours in the studio led to lots of other ideas for lots of other projects. Projects that I'm working on right now, and yes, loving every moment of. That is really what this is all about, right? Yes, you guys know that. And finally, you are listening to the third thing, the podcast. After my dad died suddenly at the end of 2018, I kind of just stopped everything. Yep, that was the life-changing event that began the great winter of ups and downs. I did not have it in me to call artists I'd never met before, Honestly, I could barely call for pizza. Anyway, as the months passed, I really realized that I missed the podcast. Well, parts of it. Now, I'm not complaining at all, but each episode of Art for Your Ear takes about 22 hours to put together. From scheduling, writing interviews, and recording to editing, writing the post, promoting on social, I was burnt out. And honestly, I was just really, really, really sad. Grief is a weird thing. I'm going to talk about it more in future episodes, but man, I did not know how much a sudden traumatic loss could rock your world. Anyway, 
One day while lying on the couch, I could almost hear my dad, who was a huge fan of the podcast, saying, um, what are you doing? What was I doing? In August, I was having a morning coffee with my husband, Greg. He's been wanting me to start the podcast again for months, but because he's amazing, he didn't push. He knew I needed time and space, and of course he gave it to me. That said, when I brought it up over that morning coffee, he pounced. He asked me to give him a list of all the things I loved about the podcast and all the pain points. About 10 minutes later, we had a plan. Co-hosts, a chance for me to share a little bit more about the stuff that I'm thinking about and projects for you guys. And here we are. Episode 1 of Season 4. It feels good to be back, and I'm so grateful to you for being here with me. And so, let's get things started with my very first co-host. Talking about the junk was actually her idea for this episode because, quote, it ain't all sunshine and roses, but it's about getting up and getting stuff done when it's raining. Yep, the hilarious and unstoppable Ashley Longshore is my guest today. So, you know what that means. There will be swearing. (laughs) So, if there are kids in the room, maybe there shouldn't be. Oh, and also, we both had really bad colds when we recorded this because, yes, we both work really hard and occasionally burn ourselves out. We're going to cover that, too. Ready? Here we go. What's up? (laughs) Oh, man. Ashley, I'm back, baby. You back. And and you're and you're with me my first time back. Let's do this. I'll take it easy on you. Okay. Phew. <laughs> um yeah, I am super pumped. I was not super pumped about the podcast for a while. I took some time off. And then I thought, wait a minute, I don't have to come back and do it the same way. I'll come back and do it a different way. And so you're here for the different way and I'm pumped. And we're gonna start by like, I don't even know where to start because I, I have a note that says, quick recap about what you've been up to lately, but that's insane. It is, um, you know what? <clears throat> I've never been in this place in the forest before. And no. that's kind of what I tell my team. Like, this is like a trek up to the top of the mountain. And um, every day you're just like forging a little path. You're learning how to survive. And uh, sometimes you enter a part of the woods you've never been in before, you know, so all your senses have to ignite. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, no kidding. Are you, now, is that, are you loving the forest? I, yeah, I'm assuming you love the forest. I, I absolutely love the forest. There are creatures <laughs> out there that I'm afraid of, but I think um, I've been out in the woods long enough to know how to, how to, uh, how to protect myself. Yeah, it's crazy talk. Okay, so let's just, first of all, you know what blew my mind? Well, everything you do kind of blows my mind. Seth frickin' Myers. Ain't that awesome? That was the coolest thing. Like, I was so proud of you because it's you, but I was also so proud of artists. Like, when was the last time there was an artist on Late Night? Like, Andy, Andy Warhol. Yeah, well, just stay tuned, Mama, because there's (gasps) some more shit coming up. Um, Listen, here's the thing. It's just like how you just said you know, uh, that you wanted to do something different with the podcast. Sometimes we get in our comfort zone and we don't realize shit. You could do this a million different fucking ways. And, um, you know, my whole art career stems from the fact that galleries and people told me I wasn't marketable. So I had to figure out my own way to have a career. And, when you really do figure out your own way to do it, there really are no boundaries. Anything is possible. And, um, look, I'm, I'm, I hopefully now I'm just getting to the point where I can really start to do some really fucking awesome shit. Um, and, and really pave the way for artists to, to have new, new revenue streams, new opportunities. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to make it as an artist other than, uh, sending off CVs and waiting for a gallery to tell you you're good enough or for a museum to hang your artwork. Um, in my perspective, they can do all that shit when I'm fucking dead. <laughs> and there's the title of the episode. Uh, yeah, totally. That I, And that's what has been so fun. Like watching you is just, um, I mean, everybody says that, like everybody is like so inspired by you because you're just making your own rules and you're doing your own thing. Um, but, 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 but can I just say something? 
it looks so awesome and it is and and i'm in it so sometimes you know i'm it's like when the captain of the ship is like steering the crew through the hurricane and the the rough waves and it's night outside and the fog is thick. I'm just like, I'm, I'm running on my instincts alone. And it's like, it's not till you get that sunshine back on your face that you're like, okay, what the fuck did we just go through? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this has been 26 years of hard work and, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah. This is fucking hard. I have anxiety. I have stress. It was much easier for me to figure out how to make money to pay my rent than it is to deal with some of the stress and anxiety that I deal with now as a creative person. And this is why I I choose you to talk about the real shit. And I, I don't want anybody to get shit twisted like, oh, she's a movie star and oh, Seth Meyers and oh, Gucci. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. But at the end of the day, all of these things are just hurdles that I'm proving to myself that I can master, that I can create uh, these PDFs faster than anybody else, that I can please these big corporations and produce and do something that blows them out of the water and makes their numbers skyrocket. I mean, all of these things are little things I'm doing to prove things to myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard hard. I just want to talk about how we deal with the hard stuff. I mean, that whole collection I painted for Diane von Furstenberg that she curated me to do, which is now like 40, 49 incredible women. What I learned about those women is not all the awesome, amazing shit that they did. It's how they dealt with all the hard stuff. You know, it's perseverance. It's the human spirit saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to see how far I can take this. And I'm going to be true to myself along the way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest lesson that we can learn from. Well, you know, and I think too, like, like I said, watching you, you know, on Instagram and stuff, I think that that's, you actually put that out there. Like you have a lot of posts where you're like, you know, you got to get up in the morning and I I do have anxiety and like you, you are an open book, you know, you let people know, which I think is really nice because, um, and I try to, too, you know, like I, I have anxiety. I take medication. I do lots of things that scare the shit out of me, like starting this podcast again. Um, you know, like there's a lot of things that we all face that are hard, but they're so rewarding that, you know, it's worth it to get up and put your pants on and do it. Right. So I want to hear about you, like your, what causes you anxiety? Because, you you know, people assume, oh, Ashley, she's got it made. She's got her glasses. She's cool this. Like, she just, you know, says well, fuck I yeah do. and keeps going. Look, look, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I'm having the motherfucking time of my life. Well, yeah. Nobody handed me all these fucking opportunities. I have worked for 26 fucking years to have the phone ring the way that it does right now. And I have worked my ass off to prove that not only can I do it, but when somebody gives me an opportunity, I will work harder than I did fucking 26 years ago. Yeah. That being said, um, you know, time management is stressful for me when I, I, you know, being uh, coming from like painting in the back of a little shotgun house without a studio or a gallery for so many years in the beginning and, and only having time to create artwork all day, every day, it's a whole different ball game now to juggle being on airplanes, conference calls, uh, you know, being walking into conference rooms, having deadlines with huge global corporations, which I love, by the way. Um, it, it's it's stressful. I also have a team of 29 people of amazing, incredible people. Um, but also, you know, they depend on me to be a leader. So I'm not only giving myself a pep talk every morning, I have to make sure that I'm elevating my team. I have to make sure that um that I'm balancing my time the right way so that I can have plenty of time for my creative work, which is the joy of my life and the foundation of, of, um, you know, of, of all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The day that I found painting was, was a day that I found one of the great loves of my life, you know, something that I could never live without. Um, and I know that you've said too, that you kind of use like your, your artwork is your medicine. Yeah, damn right. It is. You know, the thing that's always made me feel better and how I deal with anxiety and issues is, is work not to escape it, but to get it done. 
you know, I can sit around scratching my ass going, oh my God, how am I ever going to do this? And oh my God, you know, staring at white canvas. But it, it's, it's that action is really what, what can separate you from, um, action, action, action can separate you from being a chronic masturbator or a real artist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go with yes. I'm not, I'm not Googling anything this time, Ashley. I'm not Googling. I'm going to get you Googling. Hey, you should Google yourself every once in a while, Danielle. <laughs> you can go blind from that. No. Okay. <laughs> um, um okay what were we talking about now i'm thinking about chronic masturbation that's the one yep um i think yeah you're exactly right like action that is the difference between getting it done and not getting it done because um for anything really like so many people have so many excuses and Mm -hmm. um to not do whatever they want to do and it just seems to me like um do you have any excuses that you blast past or do you not even like go there? Listen, I have gotten on airplanes, uh, completely vomiting with fucking explosive diarrhea. I have, uh, gone, I went to a meeting once. I was so sick. I put a Zofran under my tongue and put my sunglasses on and went and nodded my head and gave him as much enthusiasm as I could get. I mean, listen, my dad did write me a check and I didn't marry a fucking billionaire. I have to do this myself. And, Listen, I, I want to be real. Success is very individual. It is very subjective. And I can take you through the course of my career and say, at one point in my career, great success for me was being able to know, oh my God, I've got $600 for my rent. And if I sold an $800 painting, then that means I had my rent and I could go have sushi that night. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have time for excuses. I, I have worked this hard for all these opportunities and now I've got these incredible platforms that hopefully will inspire other artists to go, shit, she's a self-taught artist from Montgomery, Alabama. Fuck, I can do that too. I don't have time for excuses. I'm going to be dead one day, Danielle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that, that I think as an artist, we have to understand that like every day, the more I paint, the more of my spirit I can put out there during the time that I'm here. I mean, that's my mark. That's my fucking legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, I have two follow-up questions to that. One, okay, so what, and I talk about this a lot with people, is like, you know, giving yourself uh, a goal of like success. What is success? And then working towards that, not looking at all the stuff everybody else is doing and, and, you know, just going, okay, well, hold on. What was my, what was the thing I wanted? Oh, shit, I achieved it. Great. What's the next thing I want? Okay, I'm going to go get that and try not to get distracted by everybody else's thing. So your thing was pay your rent. What, the hell is your success meter now? I mean, now I, I, you know, it's so funny. I drove past this, uh, this beautiful school in new Orleans and I told Michael, I said, God, you know, one day I want to have a building that big that has got my entire art collection of artists that I've collected and a whole floor of my own art. And then there'll be like an urn with my ashes. And the whole idea will be that people will see like this legacy of like, I love art. This art defined my life. This is when I bought this painting. This is when I bought this sculpture. This is when I painted this. I mean, um, that to me is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about my legacy. If I was Egyptian, then I'm telling you how I'm planning my pyramid right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, that, is that, that weird? No, not at all. I've often thought, I love going to the Peggy Guggenheim. Did you go there when you were in, did you go to Venice? Bitch, I ain't been to Venice yet. <gasps> I just saw you jetting around on boats around Italy, but you weren't in Venice. That's what I loved about Peggy Guggenheim's house. I go there every time I'm there and I just, I... I just see the stuff, but I also mainly go and sit out on her terrace and pretend to be her. And, um, that's what I love. I always like, I imagine that too. And I just started a bursary, um, the jealous curator visual arts bursary for my high school. And cause I was like, I- I'd like a little legacy, you know, put a little stamp on it. And then exactly what you said, I just want to build my pyramid and make it bigger and more awesome. So I don't think that's weird at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like as artists, too, I mean, we're scientists, we collect things, we're hoarders of memories, and we sponge uh, everything around us, and we're sensitive, and then, you know, it's my it's my job to regurgitate how I feel about um, 
about my life, whether that's a beautiful painting of an iconic woman, or I just posted on Instagram a painting. Have you seen it? Did you see what I just posted? It's five different types of dildos and below it, it says fake news. I mean, like I've been rattling around in my head. How can I do, um, I don't know, something politically charged. So, you know, politically battery operated. I love it. A pubic service announcement. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, okay. That's, here's another thing to talk about. The amount of work you do, because I saw something that you posted yesterday, and then there's something that you posted today, you are a machine. Like you, I know that you paint for hours and hours a day. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I know you don't get, I don't think you get tired of it, but you are so prolific. I'm tired of it. You know what? I mean, look, I've been doing this for 20, 26 years, 27 years now. And I developed a technique um, with my art that allows me to say what I want to say in a way that makes me really happy. And um, it certainly is an instant gratification. But when I have a thought that excites me, the ability to be able to get it in tangible form, I feel like I'm possessed by Mm -hmm. something. And Mm -hmm. it's such a high. It's a better high than any dick or cocaine that I've ever had. (laughs) Not that I've ever done that. Um, but it, it, it is such a high, it is such a magnificent high to be able to see a thought and hold a thought. Um, I, 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 uh, you know, and then I say to this too, people are like, well, you're so prolific. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, so is Picasso and Van Gogh. Don't you wish that they had painted more? I mean, Picasso and Van Gogh sometimes painted seven or eight paintings a day. I mean, I'm just trying to be a woman and keep up with the boys. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? No, I love it. And I know exactly, and everyone listening knows too, when you hit that zone and you can, you just go like, I am in that right now, I'm working on a bunch of stuff and you forget to eat, you know, and um, I love that. There's nothing, nothing like that. Um, but do you, so, you know, we're going to talk about things being shitty and dealing with it. So I know that you are prolific and you're on lots of planes and you are go, 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 um, burnout. You were wrote something the other day about like giving yourself time to like breathe every now and then. So, um, do you, can you feel it coming? Do you like, what do you do when you, you know, when you're like, I just need to chill for a second here. You know, it's, it's, um, you're talking to somebody that goes on vacation with two massive easels and 90 canvases. And I, and I wake up early in the morning and I paint and then I go on little day trips and then I come home and I paint and I try to challenge myself to burn through every single one of those canvases just to prove it to myself that I can do it. Mm -hmm. And that is very relaxing to me. I think the burnout for me, um, comes from, um, uh, taking that energy that I would put into my art, which is very, uh, gratifying into, uh, you know, being in a car going all over New York city in meetings and, um, you know, gr- gr- grinding, hustling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meeting people, you know, uh, m- meetings, 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 fucking meetings, you know, like, um, I'll say this though. I mean, I, and some people may go, Oh my God, she's such a fucking sellout. Um, and that, and, and that's fine too. I love the opportunity to work with a huge, major, incredible brand that has a massive global voice. I love the idea. Like for example, you know, this Maybelline collaboration that I did, Mm -hmm. I've worked with Clota Poe. I've worked with Gucci. I've worked with Judith Lieber. I've, you know, I work with DVF. I work with uh, Bergdorf Goodman. Um, you know, Maybelline is a very accessible product. And it's like, why Why did I do that? Well, because, you know what? It, it's an incredible product that somebody puts on it. It makes them feel really pretty. Sometimes, as a woman, all I need to do is put on some fucking lipstick. And guess what? I feel really pretty and I feel good. And it's just like this extra little bit of armor that makes me feel confident before I go into a conference room full of men and really give them all I fucking got. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
that being said, that, you know, talking and grinding and explaining and the corporate meetings about meetings, about meetings, about meetings and deadlines for this, I think that is very foreign to the nature of an artist. It's like taking uh, an elephant out of the jungle where they rule and then putting them in a circus and making them tiptoe around on their, you know, on their, it ain't right, you know? Um, And it is, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. But you know what though, Daniel? This is this is now. This is now. And I'm I've man, am I meeting some cool people? Man, am I having the opportunity to meet some incredible fucking women? I mean, the beginning of Fashion Week, I went to this luncheon with Diane von Furstenberg and I I'm sitting by Gloria Steinem. Ariana Huffington is a, a foot from me. You know, uh, Maya Forbes is right there. I'm sitting across from Laura Brown, the editor in chief. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to meet some really successful, accomplished, very smart, very smart people. And Mm -hmm. I feel like as an artist, not only am I studying, am I studying them, um, because they're brilliant, but also, I mean, I'm sitting here as a student just wanting to learn. And I think that's what's so great about being an artist is we're, we're students our entire life, you know? Yeah, just observing and documenting. I was, I was thinking that when you were talking about doing your political dildos that, you know, you kind of, you're just a sponge that's just paying attention to pop culture and then visually articulating it your way. Yeah, and you know what? There's no right or wrong for no, that. No, like, there's not, which is so freeing. And I did, I did a pain and see, okay, so now let's talk about what's fucked up with social media. Okay. So like, for example, I did this painting, um, cause I was all fired up this week about, you know, endless opportunity. You know, I get myself all jazzed up and, and I put things on social media all the time to get other people feeling optimistic. And I, I was thinking about people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and um, my friend Tillman Fertitta. And, you know, I did a painting that said Oprah on the streets and Rihanna in the sheets. I mean, you know, these women are worth $3.3 billion collectively. So I did, I posted this painting that I painted wildly um, that said, it is time to stop not being Warren Buffett. <laughs> I saw that. And it's just so funny to see people's reaction to that sort of thing. Um, you know, somebody what was, was the reaction? Oh, so now you are, um, what did she say? Uh, so now you're fetishizing the billionaire class, huh? Mm. And I'm like, do you understand that Warren Buffett is, is, uh, donating $3.6 billion of Berkshire Hathaway to different charities? Like, you know, I, I just, as a consumer in our society, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't see why wanting to be successful and wanting to have a, have a great career and to have, you know, some money in the bank is a fucking bad thing, man. Do I want to be Warren Buffett? Fuck yeah. Do I want to be Oprah? Fuck yeah. yeah. Do I want to be Rihanna? You goddamn right I do. Do I want to learn from them? You damn right I do. But it's just so funny as an artist nowadays to put something on social media and to just start to hear all these fucking opinions. You know, yeah, do you look at the opinions or do you just move along? Yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 can, it, it, it can be disheartening to be misunderstood, I think. But at the same time, you can't let that sway you from what you need to say. Because mm-hmm. it just felt good for me to say that. And I think personally it is time, time for me to stop not being Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, <laughs> you look at somebody who's self-made that, that used – their opportunity in America to just make the sky the limit. And it's pretty fucking awesome, man. I mean, we all have that same stardust in us. I'm inspired by that. Yeah. Yes. Being an eternal optimist, I'm not going to sit here and tell you why everything is wrong and bad and awful and fucked up. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you why something's right, why it's good, why it's going to be fun, you know, why it's be worth it. That's just my nature. Mm -hmm. Which is such a good nature to have. Like that's, I think the other, I mean, your art's fantastic, but your spirit is so fantastic. And I think that's why people are drawn to you because you know, you're a force to be reckoned with. That's how I always describe you. And, um, people want to, you know, emulate that. They want to like grab the reins and go and do it. So it's, it's just so empowering. But at the same time, it's nice to know. They can and they should, because you know why? People that work hard, 
people that, that are unique, that create their own business. Um, you know what? They, they are inspiring and the world definitely, absolutely a hundred percent needs that. You know, when you're busy focusing on your own shit, you're not stirring the pot somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when I see people that have the time to like write comments on other people's shit, I'm like, damn, you need to get a job. You've got <laughs> way too much time on your hands. I mean, I don't know. I've never written anything negative on anybody's social media. If I, I don't like, I don't get that. I do not get that. I, I'm lucky in that my, my community is like generally 99% all positive stuff, but every now and then you'll get like some, you know, snarky little comment and and I try not to let it bother me, but I'm like, I'm not going to respond to this. And then I can't help it. And I have to, because I'm just like, especially in my situation, I feel like I'm writing about other artists. And if somebody comes in and says something mean about, you know, I feel like I, I need to defend them. It's like, I'm, you know, I put them up there to be, you know, have a stone thrown at them. And I feel like I need to jump in the way. And, uh, Ooh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't like mean people, and I don't no, like that. No, I just think I would never spend thirty seconds. Like, if I don't like something, great, move along. Like, why do you take the time to like write something mean? I do not get it. I don't know, and I mean, um, I'm, you look. We're we're all a bunch of artists here, right? Yeah. We have our own platforms to say what we think because that's what we do every day. Yeah. We're it's our job to paint or sculpt or draw or, you know, uh, sew our, our feelings and our hearts out there and put our spirit out there for people to either relate to or not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I think is so wonderful about being an artist and also an art collector is that, you know, I, I, I have relatability in my own life with the artists that I'm collecting. And I love that. And you know what? You know what I'm all about lately, Daniel? I'm about fucking joy, man. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy my life. Like, I work fucking hard. I'm on fucking airplanes. I'm grinding. I've got my team. Painting brings me joy. Meeting my collectors brings me joy. Learning new shit brings me joy. You know? Pushing myself brings me joy. Um... That's just where I'm at right now, man. Yeah, that well, that is a really very good place to be. It's well, a very think, good place to be. I think you know we gotta have balance. We gotta have balance in our lives. So I'm 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 working every day to do more of that. I actually um, a couple weeks ago I flew in this lady to meet with my team, who's this communication specialist, and um, she was interviewing everybody and talking to them about their positions and what they're doing and. She looked at me and she goes, okay, so what do you do for fun when you're not painting? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? I love to paint. Painting is fun. And she's like, no, 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 but when you're not working. And I'm like, yeah, but painting doesn't feel like work to me. Like I, I love working. I love painting more than anything. And, and she's like, oh, okay. But I really started thinking about that, about what am I doing to broaden my own um, hobbies and things like that in my own life. So I yanked my guitar out of the bag and then mm. I bought, I bought all these little journals um, and it's still painting, but it's different where I've been, I've been playing with my watercolors again. I and saw I'm, that on your Instagram stories. They're yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I'm doing a whole series of these little just watercolor books. And the first one is why I'm fat. The second one is why I'm angry. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm going to do this whole stack of them just because it's just like, it's, it's just hilarious. Like I drew, I, I painted a picture of a microwave with a piece of pizza in it. And I'm like, the caption is, I always eat a piece of cold pizza while I heat up the hot, the pizza to get it hot. <laughs> uh, skinny bitches don't do that. You know what I mean? And, um, Cause I'm sorry, but that, that cold piece of pizza is sweet. It is so sweet. It's so good. That's my favorite is the cold, but you know what? That's so cool. Like that is the perfect thing to do is little creative challenges like that. I love those because, um, and I know people listening that don't feel prolific all the time and who, you know, um, do get scared by those big white canvases and whatever. I think having like getting yourself those little stack of books and just, it's hilarious. Just have fun with it. And that's where the joy comes in. Like, you know, you need to find that to, to go on and do all the other stuff. Yeah. And I also think too, with those little exercises like that, which I'm totally enjoying, 
you need to be just like freestyle, like a journal, just completely fucking let yourself loose and just paint a little thought that you've got. Like, you know, I was thinking, cause I was so stressed out. I was thinking the other day, Whoa, shit. Like I have such a gift that no matter how stressed out I get or tired I get or sick I get, I never lose my fucking appetite. Like how great is that? And I painted a little thing of like McDonald's French fries. Like, I don't know. I think it's that constant exploration of our own existence, our honesty about ourselves, who we are, what we love about ourselves, changing what we don't like. I mean, this is our whole journey as an artist. And then being real with fucking people about that. I don't know. Yeah. It's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. And that goes back to social media where, where a lot of, and I think that's the other reason why people love following you is because it doesn't, it's not fake. There is no fake news. It is just you out there and it is, it's so, like, you know, you've said joy a bunch of times. That's exactly what it is. Like your bird, oh my God, your bird posts make me so happy. Oh my God. Did you like Shay Shay the other day? Yes. I loved it. We're all Shay Shay, by the way. Shay Shay is fabulous. You see, you need a shirt that says that. We're all Shay Shay. We are all Shay Shay, damn it. How How did those bird things start? Well, you know what? That's another exercise that I do when I write those birds because I do love to write, but it really tests my imagination to look at an image of that bird and then to really give it human characteristics. And I start to think of a, a certain um, character and then and then I just kind of like completely go crazy with it. You know, like, well, what does this character like to eat and what does this character like to wear? And, you know, does this bird... Um, I don't know. I, it's it just, pure gold. It, it, it's an exercise in imagination is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, everybody listening, I, I mean, I'm sure you already know, but I'm going to post all of this in the post so that you can go and see, but like give yourself these things, go grab some sketchbooks, explore who you are. are. Like, I think that that is the key to getting um, on the same train that you're on, you know? I, and I think, I think the best advice for artists is this. just from me, and I don't know anything, this is just coming from me, is just don't be afraid of who you really are. It's it's that honesty and that real-life experience that is the spark that will start the raging wildfire of your life of creativity. Mm -hmm. It's, It's really embracing, you know, everything about you that may make you uncomfortable or that makes you feel weird and your perspective on it that people are starved to see because I promise you there's great connectivity in that great connectivity in the honesty of the human condition Uh um you know that's why people cry when they see art that's why people laugh when they see it it's it's such a gift to be able to uh be a creative person in the world right now especially yeah. Oh, I know. It's, it's even since I finished art school 20 something years ago, like it has changed so much. And now you can, you can put yourself out there any way you want. And you know, when I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but I've talked about it a lot that, um, I was told in art school not to be funny, uh, because basically I'm paraphrasing, but you know, it was bad enough that I was a woman and I'd never be taken seriously. But if I was funny and a woman, I didn't stand a chance. Who the fuck said that to you? A uh, professor. Fuck that professor. That's I know. fucking shit. But I was 19 and, you know, you're at, you know, you're at art school and you're paying lots of money to be there. And so you believe it as a truth. So for the longest time, like really until like four or five years ago, I tried to strip all humor out of my artwork, which is 96% of my personality. And so how am I supposed to be making art that reflects me when I'm taking 96% of it away? And it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago that I was like, fuck that. Uh, you know, and brought the funny back with my titles and with just the content that I, you know, want to make art about that I love making art again. I have so much fun. I actually laugh out loud alone in my studio like a crazy person. And people, exactly what you said, like there's connectivity. Like people like it because I'm actually putting myself out. I'm a collector of your art. I fucking love your art. I know you are. You're the best. I think you're marvelous. Um, you know, what do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. You really, <clears throat> this is why I love being a collector. Is it like, I love these other paintings. I love other artists. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't compare myself to them. 
we're like we're like a garden, an English flower garden, you know, all together. We're even more beautiful all together. Like I'm so happy that we're all different and that we have different perspectives and different experiences in our life. And there's a relatability in our color and our size and all that kind of stuff. It just it it brings me peace in the world to see artists out there making their thing. But also it brings me peace to know that I'm my own person and there's only one fucking me. And artists that are out there struggling to like figure out what they want to make or having roadblocks, just know that that's okay too. In the beginning of my career, I used to lay on a sofa and cry for days when I didn't have some lightning bolt idea, you know? And then I started painting things in collections. I would paint things in repetition, you know, I would just paint to be painting because the process of painting was just soothing for me. You know, Mm -hmm. If, if I don't have a new idea, paint something I've already painted before, but change it up a little bit. You know, it, it, um, well, see, and that's the brilliance of your little notebooks. Like, give yourself that assignment and don't be precious about it. This is not going to MoMA. It's cool. Like, you know, even if in that sketchbook you don't like half of the little paintings, so what? You like half of them? Awesome. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck yeah. it. Everybody needs to get a fuck it journal and then they'll be fine. P.S. Yes. We are on a fucking rock. We are spinning around the sun. There are other planets rolling around. There's stars out there. You know what? Fuck it. We're all going to die one day. Let's have fucking fun, damn it. Just be yourself <laughs> and know, know that there are people like me that will fucking appreciate you and that need you and that I know good and damn well the world is fucking ready for you. Like, we're, we're starved for you, you know? I love it. I've got goosebumps. There's an English garden. I'm loving it. Okay, so now I didn't say it at the beginning, but I with this whole new shakeup of the podcast, I'm, um, I've got my nine awesome co-hosts. You are now one of them. So we're going to loop back with you a couple more times during this season. And so what I'm calling your segment is WWALD. What would actually Longshore do? And so this was the, um, the first installment is handling shitty times. What would Ashley Longshore do? So now we know how you handle all of this stuff, and we um, we will loop back in with you next time to see what else you do. Well, but, we, didn't, we didn't talk about snot bubble crying in the bathtub. Well, no, but we uh, you want to <laughs> <wanna> hit that? <laughs> I'm just saying there's plenty to talk about when we talk about shit that goes wrong, you know? It just, it just, this is a fucking stress bomb, man. We could, we could talk about this nonstop until the fucking cows come home. I know. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about that platform because it, it ain't all fucking, you know, roses and all that kind of thing. It's, 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 you know what? We're all taking bites off the shit sandwich over here, you know, but yeah. shit, shit is great fertilizer that, you know, so. I saw you write that the other day and I thought that was brilliant. And that's, I just think what I want people to know from this particular, um, first, episode of this season is that even Ashley Longshore, who, you know, you are seriously rocking it. Like, I I know you don't want to go into the whole, you know, but like, let's just say New York Fashion Week, Maybelline, Seth Meyers, Gucci, yada, yada. I mean, it's crazy awesome. I love it all. But you also have bad days. You also, there's snot bubbles. I just want people to know that because I think sometimes when people are crying on the couch, they don't realize that that's not the end of the story. I'm right there with you. Yes, I'm fucking stressed out, but I will not give up. Yeah. I am fucking stressed out too, but I'm not going to fucking give up. Yeah, ever. that's that's I'm how I feel too. Give up. I'm stressed yeah. out. I, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, oh Lord. What is all this shit? But I'm like, I manifested this. I've got to figure out how to do it and I'm not going to fucking give up period. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that. I love that about you. And you know that I jokingly, I did an Instagram post where I was working on something and I actually, in my head, I was like, I wonder what Ashley would do here. And I actually wrote down WWALD because you know, I do think of you that way because I know you don't give up and I don't give up either. I did for years after, you know, all the crap from art school. Yeah. And there is no more of that. Like, you know, if I have an idea for a book, I pitch it. I just actually pitched um, an installation idea for the Venice Biennale 2021. I sent it in oh, yesterday. I, oh my God. Who knows That's if it'll happen, but like I sent the fucking pitch. Yeah. I mean, right. Who knows if it'll fucking happen, yeah, but you but know, I did the pitch. I didn't convince myself that there's no way it ever would. So why bother writing the pitch? I still wrote it and I sent it in. 
guess what, honey? You ain't never going to catch a fish if you don't put a line in the water. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> There's my girl from Alabama. Boom. <laughs> um, well, we, we will keep checking in with you because I think it's so important for people to realize that there's good and there's bad and there's ugly and there's awesome. And it's the whole, it's just life, right? And you're just doing it and it's, it's a pleasure to watch. It's all that combined. It's yeah. all, all of that. And yeah. it, if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it, baby. But yeah. Keep it, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. And I love watching everything you're doing, Danielle. You're so wonderful. And the platform you've created for artists is just, it's so necessary. You've done such an incredible job. You have built something so amazing and your legacy is going to be great. Your pyramid is going to be magnificent. <laughs> and large. And, um, I'm just so happy to be in your orbit. Oh, you too. I, I know it's, um, it's been really fun. Did I tell you about the kids book? Yes, I did. Right. Yes. So, oh my God. There's, there's a thing. So I, for years have been being told, um, very sweetly, but by publishers and stuff like, well, you know, you write great adult books, keep writing adult books. And I was like, no, I like, I really had this idea for a kid's book because so many people, so many of the adults I meet say when I was six, seven or eight, I was told that I couldn't be an artist. Blah blah blah. And so they stopped, they didn't make anything. So I thought, well, if I can scooch around to the front and talk to these kids when they're six, seven or eight and go, pst. If anybody ever says this crappy stuff, it's not true. You can do it. Anywho, again, I just went for it. It was after my dad died and I was lying on the couch crying and just deciding that I didn't want to do anything ever again. I could hear my dad being like, what are you doing? And I thought, you know what? I've had this idea for four or five years. Screw it. I'm pitching it. And it got bought in three days. Wow. And, see? Yep. And it comes out in 2020. Action. But and I illustrated it. About it. You didn't just think about it. You fucking did something yeah, with it. Yeah, I did That's it. the fucking difference. Yeah. And I'm so, I've never been so proud of anything I've ever done. And I now have to sit around and wait for a year for it to come out, which is like torture. But so, 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 so proud of it. And, uh, you know, like, it's partly knowing people like you. Like, it's partly knowing because of this platform that I have built, I am surrounded by these kick-ass people, especially like all the women in both. And you're in my new book, which is so fantastic. I'm so honored. And um, it's all these women that I've met that are just badass, kicking-ass women who I'm like, I want to be like them when I grow up. And it's like, well, hold on. I can just do it right now. And so can everybody else. It's just the difference is you got to get off the couch. Yeah, and be patient with yourself yeah. too. Yes, because no, no, it doesn't I've always before. happen. Instant gratification will only get you high, drunk, or pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you know, that's a funny thing, too. Not a lot of people know this, is that with um, the first women book, the big important art book, Now with Women, um, I'd already published a few books. That went to um, five publishers said no to that mm -hmm. uh, because nobody would read a book about women. Mm -hmm. not even joking. And then a sixth publisher. So, I mean, I there was a lot of crying and snot bubbles in the bath, too, because I was... Not sad. I was infuriated that nobody was publishing that book, but I didn't give up and I kept on pushing and I got it done. And then there's a follow up and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, there's lots of crying on couches, but you got to get up off the couch and, yeah, and I love I'm, watching look, you been, do your I've, thing. I've been turned down more than a bed in a cheap motel. It ain't going <laughs> to stop me. <laughs> oh, you're just the best. Okay. So we're going to do a quick little, um, and I'm going to let you go back to your painting. A speed round of WWALD. Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out some scenarios, and you're going to tell us what Ashley Longshore would do. Ready? All right, let's go. Okay. Your hotel doesn't have ranch. What would Ashley Longshore do? Uh, call my travel agent and cuss her out. <laughs> You've just landed in Miami, and the airline lost your luggage. What would Ashley Longshore do? Why the fuck didn't I fly private? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, okay, you're walking at New York Fashion Week like you do, and Oprah waves to you from the front row. What would Ashley Longshore do? I'd be like, why am I walking? Where's my driver? And then I would fucking faint and crap in my pants. <laughs> no, i crap in my pants, and then I would faint. It's midnight. You're on a roll with painting. Power goes out. It's completely pitch black. What would Ashley Longshore do? I'd light a candle and keep going, baby. That's a true story. I, I was wondering, with some hurricanes around you, you must just have to keep on going. Yeah, light a candle and keep going. Yeah. No excuses. No, no excuses. Love it. Okay, final one. 
you're at an event in the Hamptons. You really Ooh. have to pee. There's a huge line for the restroom and you're wearing a jumpsuit. What would Ashley Longshore do? I would go behind some of Rockefeller's hydrangeas, yank down my jumpsuit, do what I got to do, get back to the party and smile like it ain't nobody's business. <laughs> I see a kind of new an- all those answers of all those things. What? When you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. Look, what are you going to do with the Hamptons? Offer somebody $100 to jump in the line? <laughs> you, you, need, you need at least six figures to get ahead in that line. That jumpsuit's just coming down and you got to do what you got to do. It. I've got on a jumpsuit right now, at, which is literally not a jumpsuit. It's a fucking onesie for adults, and I'm so about it. I know. I love them. I could live in jumpsuits forever. Mm, I, I live in one. I live yeah. in one forever. I know. They're great, except if there's a line to go pee. Um, okay, and then the last thing I wanted to ask you, and you actually touched on it. You are so good. Well, actually, there's two questions about this because I don't know where the hell you put it all. You collect so much art, and yeah. lots of times it's very, very big. Where does it go? It goes all over my house. It goes all over my studio. I have a painting studio that's separate from my gallery. Um, So I just make it like a little puzzle. Actually, I'm meeting someone tonight um, because I've got two amazing paintings that I'm having installed. Um, You know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm not worried about where to put all of it. I mean, I'm, I'm, you you could give me a 30,000 square foot mansion and i'm gonna fill every fucking wall up with art unapologetically my cfo said to me the other day ashley you know i want you to you know you want to have this foundation we need to buy a huge building you need to quit buying art and i looked at her and i said get the fuck out of my studio (laughs) get the fuck out and let the door hit you where the good lord (laughs) greatest joy in my life is buying fucking artwork i love love i'm addicted to it i'm high on it i just bought one of tally lennox's pieces from her new show in new york i mean i am i'm 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 uh, i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna get my hands on a harlan miller right now oh well this is this is what i was gonna ask you is there an artist that you love that we all need to know about good god where do i start with this i know i know i'm sorry that's a big question why don't we, why don't, why don't we on our next show, why don't I tell you about some of my favorite artists? Why don't I make a nice long list of these incredible artists in my collection and we can talk about them. I love and it. We'll I, call it, what would Ashley Longshore buy? Yes. What would Ashley Longshore <laughs> buy? I love that. Okay. Awesome. Um, I was just going to ask you something else. Um, um, get out of my office, uh, foundation. So are you actually looking for a building right now? I'm always looking for something. <gasps> so exciting. Listen, Danielle, um, remember, remember, I'm going to be dead one day. I yeah. have to do this now. And I'm also, you know, I, I work with all my all the business people in my life that I've, I actually, this is, I'm very fucking excited about this. I just got all my paperwork back from the IRS that I've been approved to give scholarships through my foundation. So I've, I'm, I've got to hire somebody who's really amazing at foundations, but I am ready to start giving big, stanky, fucking art scholarships i mean oh my god i love it your fucking art scholarships to people that haven't necessarily made straight fucking a's i want to have a scholarship for uh diverse a diverse group of people that are creating art for you know a female scholarship i want to give a lots and lots of fucking scholarships yes (laughs) okay well i'm gonna let you go and get back to all of your amazing stuff and thank you so much for doing this with me and um We'll check back in with you in a few weeks. All right. Yay for the podcast. Yay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Seriously, a force to be reckoned with. Am I right? Oh, and also I followed up with her after we recorded this to find out how all of those brand collaborations happen. Does she pitch them or do they come to her? Ashley's answer? Finally, the fish swims to the hook. (laughs) In other words, she works her ass off puts herself out there, and after years of doing that, they're coming to her. For me, it's about 80-20. After 10 years of doing this every single day, 80% of things now just sort of show up in my inbox, which is amazing. But I do still pitch a few things here and there. Venice, for example. Anyway, it's an interesting conversation, and I thought some of you might have questions about this, so I wanted to throw it in there before handing out this week's project. Oh, and look at that. A perfect segue. Here we are in the podcast brand new assignment section. 
I think this week we should all take Ashley's lead. Go get yourself three small or big sketchbooks, but do not get precious about it. You can get nice ones at the art supply store if you want to, but you can also grab a few at the dollar store or make them out of scrap paper that you have lying around. Okay, now give each one a theme that is something really personal. I already got mine and I've titled them Chips, obviously, Shit Dr. Phil Says, again, obviously, and Favorite Memories of My Dad. Dig deep, have fun, and get to the joy, that Ashley Longshore joy. Use watercolors, colored pencils, collage, whatever floats your boat. Oh, and if you make stuff you want to share, post it on Instagram and use hashtag AFYE projects. That's art for your ear projects. AFYE projects. And with that, I will say thank you so much to Ashley for doing this very first episode with me. Thanks to Thrive Mastermind for supporting the podcast. And of course, huge thanks to you for listening. Are you ready for it? There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.